And he walked in, got his GCSE results, ripped them up in front of the teacher, <laughs> binned them, and then just walked out. I've got the Lamborghini tractor. I have no need for any of these GCSE results. So that was him done. Oh, we are. Oh, we are. Oh, right, okay. I'm taking that whole conversation. I'm sorry. Yeah, the Ralph Berlin chat. I'll yeah. get kicked out. Slagging. Never be allowed back. Yeah. Hello, and welcome back to the Instill podcast. We'll be posting about an episode a month or so, so expect the next one to be around the 7th of March. My name's Oscar Daly. I'm an apprentice software engineer at Instill Software. And today I'm going to be chatting with co-founder and CEO of WorkPlus, Richard Kirk. Thanks, Oscar. Good to be with you today. And we're also going to be joined by another apprentice software engineer at Instill, Caleb Wilson. Hello. Happy to talk about some apprenticeships. And in terms of, I would say most people listening to this probably know who you are. But for anybody who doesn't know, do you want to give an overview of kind of who you are, where you're from, what WorkPlus does for the local people in Belfast and Northern Ireland? Yeah, sure. I grew up just outside Belfast in a place called Donald, famous for its ice pool. A lot of people will have visited it at some point and grew up there and went to school in, in Belfast City Centre. Really enjoyed my time there. Went on to become a civil engineer after doing a degree in civil engineering. So did that and worked as a civil engineer. Designed sewage treatment works. It's not the sort of thing that we're going to go into any detail about here, as we said over lunchtime. Um, you, you'll be glad to know. Um, I'd much rather talk about software. It's much more, much more palatable. But actually, when I started to, to work in that space, I really started to understand the impact that you can make in people's lives. You can really miss a lot of careers because you don't see them for what they are. And I spent a little bit of time in Tajikistan in 2004, so it was quite a while ago, but while I was at university, I spent three months there and I was working in a place where they didn't have running water. They had a latrine in their back garden, essentially like a hole that was just you know, the history of the family's excrement you know, in their back garden. Like, there was just no... There's no sewage at all, and there were loads of diseases in that place because of that. So actually, we've got such a standard living here that we should be really grateful for each day. And it's built on all these careers and jobs that are out there. So did that for a few years, became a chartered engineer, really enjoyed it. But then I just had always been involved in youth work um, through my local church and loved working and getting people together in community. And... That's where WorkPlus started to come in, really, was to try and do something which would give our, not just our young people, because apprenticeships are for career changes as well, but to give our young people a bit more hope as they go through school, that there's a bit better way to leave school and to start to make a career. So that's where WorkPlus started. We're really driven by the purpose, the why, I guess, of what we're doing. And it's actually you two, you know, it's, it's you two and many others that have become apprentices that, that keeps us going whenever we hear your story. And, and that's why I'm really excited to hear a bit more from both of you today as well. So that's a bit about the WorkPlus journey. Caleb and I both would have applied through the WorkPlus portal on its website, workplus.app. And from using maybe the UCAS application and different applications for different apprenticeships that we would have done, I definitely found it was a much nicer experience. But what you essentially would have done on the website is just go on and apply just the once. And then that application would go to multiple different companies to save you doing 10 different applications for 10 different companies. It's upper sick, isn't it, that everybody's applying for this. So 
it's really a stressful time for everybody with A-levels coming up. It definitely does take off a lot of the pressure. I don't know if you found that too, Caleb. I think, did you only apply? Yeah, and still was the only apprenticeship that I applied for. It's the only place you wanted? Yeah, all or nothing, really. Um, (laughs) I knew what I wanted to do. Always kind of have, so. You always wanted to be a software engineer? That didn't come from... Yeah, well, as long as I remember, it's always what I wanted to do. I actually remember in P7 when we were leaving school, we all had to hold up a poster saying what we wanted to do. And you had your typical, most people were football player, astronauts, doctors, and I just had software engineer written on mine. At that point, I didn't even know what it was. It's just because my older brother did it, but over secondary school, I just kind of fell more in love with it. But yeah, it's always been what I've wanted to do, so. Yeah, because my journey was a little bit different to that. I was more one of the people that was holding up the signs with the accountant or, you know, the not generic jobs, but the more common that you would hear of jobs, whereas software engineering now is getting more and more common but whenever I was growing up I didn't really know of anyone doing it so I hadn't really even thought of it as an option and I remember whenever it must have been like 10 years ago or so I was talking to mum in the car and we were driving back from my granny's and we were just chatting away and I was like you know what I think I've decided I think I'll be an architect and this was like 2011 very soon after the 2009 crash and mum's face just went blank. She just looked at me like, definitely not. There is no way you're being an architect. I know tons of architects. None of them have got jobs. You're not going through a seven-year degree to try and be an architect whenever there's, you know, housing crash and there's no jobs in housing at the minute. And that was my idea for being an architect wiped out as I was 10 years old or something. <laughs> and then after that, I kind of went on to the you know, oh, maybe I like maths, I like problem solving, or maybe be an accountant or something to do with kind of maths or economics. And then I actually had a work experience whenever I was maybe GCSE and I always liked computers and I had this work experience then and I was like, oh, do you know what? This is great. These guys have a fully stocked fridge full of Cokes and full of drinks (laughs) and stuff. They seem to all have MacBooks and be treated really well. And I'd worked a couple of years in hospitality and retail. It was what was standard hospitality and retail, it was pretty terrible compared to that, that I was so blown away by how well they were treated that I was like, oh, this is brilliant. And the work was really great. I definitely like to do this. And then I got a work experience within still actually, maybe a year later or so. And after kind of chatting to the guys and working away with them, it was just so much fun that that was me then decided on, yeah, do you know what? This is definitely what I want to do. I'm going from an architect to maybe an accountant to then set on a software developer which was good then because that was what I did my A-levels in and then went on to do the apprenticeship at Instill. That was how I got into it. You're still really an architect, code architect, architect solutions, you know, nothing has changed. Nothing has changed, yeah, maybe that was what I was dreaming of, I just didn't know it then. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The next thing I wanted to ask about was there's a lot of different options for apprenticeships, obviously, so just what makes WorkPlus different? So there are about 9% of employers in Northern Ireland that hire apprentices, and it's roughly the same in, in the rest of the UK and Ireland. So it's pretty low when you think about the total number of companies that are out there. And what we do at WorkPlus is is to encourage, try and grow that nine, <laughs> um, to get more businesses to think about apprenticeships as an option. The challenge is, is that, the majority of businesses here have less than 50 people. 
So they don't maybe have an HR manager or someone who is thinking about that. They don't have a marketing manager. They're not thinking about their brand and schools, etc. They just don't have the capacity to be able to do that. So having spoken to those businesses, they do need new people to come in, but they don't know that apprenticeships are a way that it can happen. So we're acting like a guide, a navigator, a Sherpa, whatever you want to think of it as, for those businesses to help them think creatively about new early talent pathways. So the reason why we have the campaigns the way we do is because those employers don't have the financial means to be able to go out and do their own marketing campaigns. So we do that on their behalf. Yes, they are not the only business that we're working with, but they get the benefit of being part of something bigger. It's like they get the buying power of big business. And there are organizations out there, huge multinationals, the Deloitte's, PwC's, etc. And and they have, you know, the buying power to be able to go out and find those people. Most businesses don't. So we bring that to them by coordinating it. The reason why we run our campaigns the way we do is exactly the point you made earlier, you know, just making it easier for you as as applicants. So that's what's unique about us is that we're not making you repeat yourself across these multiple companies at different times. Yeah. So it's not like you're doing like an individual research project on top of your GCSEs or A-levels. And some of the career changers, you know, they're working a proper job at this stage and maybe in a sector that they're not enjoying. You know, we had an apprentice who joined a company this year, the age of 42, and he was a taxi driver. So he's taken a guy to the airport one night who's in a complete flap because he's late for his flight. And they just came in there quickly. So anyway, Combo, who's the taxi driver, he starts taking all these shortcuts. And the guy's like, you're really smart. Like, why are you, why are you a taxi driver? And he says, well, you know, I've got family, you know, a couple of kids, you know, just need to pay the bills. And he's like, well, I think you should probably do something more with your life. I think you could be a software developer or something. I, I work for a software company. And it sowed a seed in Combo's mind. And he went away and started the research at and then he enrolled on a night class initially, and then he found an apprenticeship. So for him, that was a great way to move, because if businesses are just saying, we only want people as a minimum entry point that have a degree, for him sitting there without a degree as a taxi driver, so how does he get the degree? He needs to drop out of his job and do his degree for yeah. three years. How is he going to support the rest of his life, pay for his kids' school fees, feed his family and all that? That's not going to happen. So the apprenticeship allowed him to be a taxi driver until the moment he flipped. And I know that's not everyone's experience. You know, a lot of the applicants are school leavers, but it's just trying to meet people where they are. And it's like, come as you are and we'll grow you and develop you. And I know you guys have experienced that here at Instill and and many other businesses are, are starting to do that now. So for anybody who doesn't have any experience with what an apprenticeship looks like these days, I know a couple of years ago, apprenticeships would have been mainly trades and mainly certain industries and would have been structured in a certain way but apprenticeships now and the way that Caleb and I are going through them look very different to how they did 30 years ago so what do you think has changed about apprenticeships from say 30 years ago to what we're putting out every year now yeah well if I think back to the year 2000 so you guys weren't born were you no 2003 I think you weren't okay so near 2000 I left school to go to university and it was at a time where the government was encouraging people to go to university. And that wasn't a bad thing in and of itself, because what, you know, they were encouraging people to get higher qualifications, which means you can get better jobs with better pay and better prospects and all that. But they were encouraging people to go to full time university. And I think 
what's happened here in the last eight years since the review of apprenticeships in 2014 is that there's been a reimagining of what apprenticeships could do because it it is that beauty of parallel learning and working at the same time which is the way that we all learn best you know very few of us will learn just by sitting down and looking at a textbook one of the apprentices that works at kairos said you know she says for me it's a bit like when you learn to drive like you're not just going to get your r plates up because you've read a book and passed your theory you have to do your practical and the practical is the harder bit so that concept of doing it at the same time which, as you mentioned, Oscar, has been applied to plumbing, carpentry, hair and beauty, motor vehicle for years. And we know that. And they're the ones that we have in our minds when we think apprenticeship is now being applied to fintech, accountancy, marketing, software development, civil engineering, quantity surveying, sales, all these different areas. And it's proven to be a really good way for businesses to find good people earlier. But it's also lowering the bar as well which means that it's opening access for people who don't have degrees to get into organizations because i think for businesses they say degree plus one year or two years experience just as a bit of a crude filter to filter people out in the application process whereas we're helping them to think a bit broader about that like why are you asking for that what what's the whole you know you're looking for a whole person yeah. here and um, so again why we introduced aptitude testing to try and bring out personality abilities and interests so it's not just even about the qualifications either yeah, by saying they just need a qualification, not filtering, they're actually losing a lot of good people too. Because like the diversity of, as you were saying, that taxi driver has a completely different set of skills as to what every single other engineer that's went to uni has. I've always been going to Northern Ireland games from when I was five. And a game last year, there was a stroll advertisement like on the banner at the side of the game. And I was like, that is awesome. Like if yeah. you're at uni, you wouldn't get to experience things like that, like seeing your solutions in the real world. Part of an apprenticeship week as well for us is an event called Meet the Parents, which is where we take parents of apprentices and put them on their panel. Caleb, your dad was involved in it last year from memory. And you know, the message that your dad came through that night with was we couldn't be happier for him. He's content, you know, and that flourishing. You know, that those are words that every parent wants for their son or daughter. And if apprenticeships can do that earlier in, in your life, why, why wouldn't we run after it and pursue it relentlessly? It's something that's interesting because it's the same with my parents. It was me that was pushing it at the start whenever I came home and I was like, oh, do you know what? I think this is what I want to do. You know, my first choice at post upper sixth isn't going to be UCAS or university. It's going to be an apprenticeship. Whenever I came home and said that, I think my parents with just having not known anything about it or what apprenticeships were like these days were the same as what most parents are probably like, which is just unsure and, oh, I don't know, you know, everybody goes to university and that's how they get, you know, a good job after it. And then whenever I kind of explained it more and went into it more, then they started to become more on board with an apprenticeship than the standard full-time degree. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with going and doing a standard full-time degree, but there definitely is benefits that for me, far outweighed by going for an apprenticeship and even now anyone that my mum speaks to like I need to get her on the referral bonus for instill because she's just every person she speaks to it's like oh your kid would be good for an apprenticeship you yeah get them in it instill you know it's just everybody she speaks to she just it's brilliant you know she's seen how great it's been for me and you know how happy I've been 
18 months down the line now Caleb and I are so once I think parents kind of see that and get the experience with that yeah definitely I think they then just will tell everybody as she has about how great it is but it just takes more and more people getting into it to then share that about and have that personal experience yeah maybe ask you guys if that's okay just turn the mics around the other way but the guys you went through school with what are they doing now and are they wishing that they taken the apprenticeship route or do you look at them enviously at times and think oh she was full-time <laughs> you know not what do you working. think caleb well to be honest most of my friends at school actually went on to do apprenticeships mainly like mechanical engineering yeah. but other than that i haven't really had contact with anyone i know of a, another guy doing the computer science degree at queens and i think when he sees like what he's doing in uni compared to this sort of level of work that I would be doing in work, he would be a wee bit jealous out of Yeah. Because uni in many ways is holding you back from your potential because you have so much work to do that you can't really explore what's outside of that. Whereas being in work allows you to explore interests and things in work as well as getting your qualifications. So. Definitely. Like we do four days a week at work and one day a week at uni and you know, I definitely agree with the fact that, you know, you learn so much from just being not left to your own devices, but being given a problem and told, fix this, instead of being given, say, you know, a spec or a report and say, you know, write this, because it's not so specific and you go through so many different problems and so many different interesting things. But I'm looking at the clock here and it's about half one or so, so I would say my friends are probably still in bed. There's a slight envy in the case that, wow, that's certainly a lot easier. But I think I would do the staying up late, getting up late for about two months and then just be so bored and sick of it. I chose to do it this way because I knew to be able to survive in university, I'd be doing three, four days a week working in retail anyway. So what's the point in working three, four days a week in a job that's not going to progress my career? I'd rather work four days a week and actually love that job and be paid well for it. Like first year of university, four grand of uni, six grand of debt for accommodation. You know, there's your down 10 grand in one year. First year of apprenticeship, you don't pay for your university and you're also being paid, like say for instance, our first year apprentices get 18 grand plus a bonus and have a better experience than if I was at uni with the whole university experience that a lot of people kind of say is a rite of passage or is, you know, something that you have to have. I think Caleb and I still get the university experience plus more. I'm still out at least once or twice a week with my friends from university. And then on top of that, I'd be able to go on holidays or eat out in nice places or whatever it might be and save the rest of my money. Both ways, I'd say the envy goes, but definitely not as much going towards the (laughs) full-time degree than is coming for the apprenticeship. The one thing we hear from apprentices of all different types, not just software developers, but it's a sense of having something to get up for in the morning as well. Yeah. And, you know, for all of us, even me at my stage, age of 40, I want to get up and do things because it's so important for your head and your heart <laughs> to have to have a reason to be at work, purpose. And I think, yes, there's a busyness that comes to being an apprentice, but there's also a real sense of achievement and you're doing something not just for yourself, not even just for your team, but you know, producing that code that you ship it and that's a new feature and it helps people get 
better car insurance or you know or you know you're you're doing work and helping connect people better you're building a actual physical building or part of a team and, and making people's lives better and that for us is something we hear coming through from the apprentices and it and it's helpful whenever we go and talk about apprenticeships that you know we're not just selling this qualification and a bit of work experience a bit of money in your pocket it's this wider person that you're becoming as a result of it and that's that's encouraging for us definitely yeah it's definitely something that i've noticed and still would work with a couple of really big companies even though we're less than 100 people we're growing and i think the projections caleb you can tell me if i'm wrong are the next couple of years for us to double in size and it's nice to see that there's so much growth but it's also good to see that like Caleb's working on a project for insurance for local people in Northern Ireland that we can see being used. And I'm working on a project for a team called Atlassian, who 80% of the Fortune 500 are their customers. So I could be working on projects for people like Apple, Disney, the massive big Fortune 500 companies that even though we're a small company and everybody knows each other, and that's really nice that you're treated really well because you still are able to have such a big impact on people's lives yeah satisfying yeah that's yeah, what it is yeah real satisfaction to it yeah yeah because you work hard but you're also you know you can see where your work goes you can see how much you're learning day to day with all the different problems that you're working on and the different say languages in our business yeah. you definitely do just absorb so much information as opposed to being handed, say, a textbook in university, which is still great, and we go through that one day a week. But I think from Caleb and our experience, we love the work, and the work is the thing that sets it apart. We're solving real problems for real people, whereas in uni you're kind of given a problem that's already been solved and you kind of have to write about it or replicate it. So it's not as rewarding as being in work on solving real problems writing some good code that's actually helping people and it is definitely much better than what i find is valuable still in uni learning the theory but putting that theory to practice is what makes us better engineers yeah putting it to practice is what makes it stick in my head as well as you were saying earlier richard about the learning aspect of that actually applying that theory is what makes me remember it next time as opposed to reading it off a page and possibly then never remembering it after the exams like i'm sure all of us did or the less lazy ones maybe didn't but for a levels it was just a massive big i'll learn off so much information and then the second you walk out of the exam hall you forget it whereas yeah we're applying this learning every day and it's just you're learning so much every single day you know on that actually getting the training whenever you join work it was something that i get questioned about a lot whenever i'm talking to people about apprentices and talking to people about how it actually works. And I think a lot of people are kind of afraid, which is very reasonable, to join an apprenticeship because they think, what if I join this company and two weeks in, they put me on a project with, you know, one of these massive big companies like Bose and, you know, I have no idea what to do. And I think that's definitely something that Insdell excel at which is you know like Caleb what would our first three months at in still have looked like well it was the exact same that the graduates went through yeah it was training getting a buddy getting mentored a wee bit and then 
been in a project where you're supported from the outside you think oh they're going to just fire me in and let me work away which is valuable but there was always the support there when you needed it there was always someone to give you advice and help you through it yeah the companies know that we are not just labor we're an investment and they're putting in as much effort as we are to help us learn yeah we spent maybe six weeks or so if not more of basically just forget everything you know this is what you need and just hammering through all the different kind of languages or different frameworks and things that we would need for this job which means as Caleb kind of said we were in with graduates who we were in placement students and then there was us the apprentices and we were learning the exact same thing they were there was no you know, they're better than you or you know, we give them this and you something different because you're mm. an apprentice. No, it was just you're treated exactly the same and you're given the same training because that's what everybody needs. And that kind of gives you that six weeks of you're in a safe space. You're good to make mistakes. You're learning here. You're not expected to know everything. You know, six weeks of just you can play around with things, explore, get to know these languages and these different ways of working. Mm-hmm. And then after the six weeks, yeah, you're put on to project but as you were saying with the buddies and with the support networks there's lots of help there you know you're not just dropped straight into the deep end a week in you are given a lot of training for about six weeks caleb you've been working on the stroll insurance for what is it maybe 12 months now maybe yeah more. just over a year yeah and i'd be about the same i think i started working with atlassian from maybe october so you know that's a year and maybe slightly more of real life experience the same experience a graduate will be getting whenever we come out of our degree after three four years we'll come out with the same qualifications as anybody doing say a computer science degree will get but we'll also have an extra instead of say a year of experience for a placement we'll have four years of experience you know i think the difference in that is massive so soft skills as well that you gain from doing an apprenticeship you know in uni yes you do group work and you have to do time management and all but it's not the real thing and i think just not only do we have four years of domain knowledge experience general ability but we'll have those soft skills as well which you obviously you can't really teach but you you can learn if that makes sense you can learn to have those soft skills even if someone can't teach you to have them but over time you get them i think that's where the four years will come in and those softer skills are as you say it's hard to learn them from a textbook or teach them but it's like a muscle you know these are like things that you develop like muscle memory because you're exposed to it every day you know communication eye contact teamwork creativity these are areas that you don't have as a module or you don't have as a subject you do a gcse in but they're these sort of thematic Things that we don't just learn in school, we learn everywhere, but you don't have to do it every day. You know, you have to talk to people and, and your confidence will just grow as well. And you'll look back and go, wow, I've really developed that now, you know, because I've been immersed in this environment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. We've, in 18 months, I think we keep saying it, but it's just because of how much of a difference it's made. You know, if you were to look at what we were like maybe 12 months ago compared to what we're like now, the difference is massive. Even week on week, you can see the improvement you're making in terms of just how much you're getting to learn. For me, obviously, I'd mentioned already that I wanted to be a software engineer and I loved the idea of writing code for a living. 
and so that's why I went within still but obviously you'd applied for lots of apprenticeships so like other than the learning that we've discussed on were there any other reasons you did that I got a couple of offers back and whenever I got the phone call from Instill to say, you know, for who knows why, we're going to let you onto our apprenticeship scheme. <laughs> and it was kind of like, right, okay, so I've got a few options now. Where do I go? And even whenever I got that phone call, I kind of knew I was waiting for that call because that's the one I wanted. There was something about the culture at Instill and whenever I was there for work experience that I had recognized and seen that really everybody was so nice to each other there was such a team environment and such a personal environment and all the benefits which you know like we would get a macbook pro whenever you join or you'd get kind of your hardware bonus and the private health care and a bonus every year but aside from those things that maybe lots of companies would offer certain benefits and you could sway either way it was mostly you know, the company culture and the fact that I'd been there and seen how dedicated to quality Instill was. Basically, just to finish off, WorkPlus have their applications open at the minute. They've been open since the mid of January and will be open until the 24th of February. So there are lots of different options on WorkPlus and then Instill would have their apprenticeship on WorkPlus. So yeah. You can check out or apply for any of those other apprenticeships or the Instill apprenticeship on workplus.app. If you go to the website and click explore opportunities and then filter by company, you can filter by Instill or go to the instill.co website and we'll have that open. So, yeah, thank you very much, Caleb and Richard, for joining me and taking the time to chat. So, yeah, that's us done. Thanks very much for listening. The episodes are going to be available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and a couple other places. And yeah, as I'd said at the start, we'll probably be releasing another episode around the 6th or 7th of March. So be sure to listen out for that.